If you brought your Bibles, you know, find First Peter. Remember, it's towards the back there, and First uh, Peter is the name of the book. And uh, you need to find chapter number uh, three today. That's that big number in the chapters. And we're going to start at uh, verse eight, the small numbers. What we've been doing is walking through First uh, Peter here. And, um, you know, it's been kind of one of those message series that's a little, little geared more towards, uh, towards the disciple because that's who's, who Peter is, is talking to. But if you're in the house today and, and you're not uh, totally sold out on Christ yet, you know, uh, take it in. We hope it speaks to you as well. But uh, this is one of those kind of discipleship kind of series. Um, now that you're there, remember what we've been talking about. We've walked through First Peter. And uh, first week we talked about attitude, what kind of attitude do we need, we need to have. Second week, we talked about what kind of actions do we need to take. Uh, and last week, we talked about the tough one. We talked about uh, submission, right? Husbands and wives, you have a good week? This is where the wives jump up and say, whoa. You know, no, it didn't happen, huh? Come on, guys, honor, remember? Okay. Well, all right, we, we went through the tough stuff of submission. Now we're going to walk further and see how submission flows into kind of our every t- everyday experience of, of how it's not just the relationships of, you know, husbands and wives and, and uh, servants in our workplace, but, but how does this flow in just our everyday uh, experience of life? And that's where Peter's going to uh, pick it up for us uh, in the uh, third chapter here. And fundamentally, I tried to summarize it by saying what Peter's going to lead us to today is to... Uh, just have this awareness that uh, even in difficult days, even in those tough circumstances, the, the call upon our life is to always do good. You know, that one of the ways we get through those difficult times is, is living up to a higher standard of life and living up to what it means to live under the submission of the Lordship of Jesus, right? And, and imitating Him, and that means always doing good. So let's unpack it. Uh, we start at the eighth verse where he's talking about doing good with with kindness, and there's a lot a lot of stuff in today's uh, lesson, but we'll try to get as far as we can. Um, first of all, he starts out in verse eight there. He says, "Finally, you know, because of all that submission stuff, okay? Finally, all of you should agree and have concern and love for each other." Now let's stop there a minute because that makes people nervous. What do you mean? What do you mean? We're all supposed to agree on absolutely everything? Of course not. We're not supposed to agree on absolutely everything, right? We're just not going to do that, right? Not, not everybody at Christ Church is going to agree on absolutely everything that we do around here, right? That's just part of being the family together, right? It's okay for us to have dialogue and conversation and disagreement and, and all that's part of being broken people together, right? But notice what he's calling us to absolutely always agree on. What's higher than all that other stuff that we deal with in our relationships with fellow Christians. It's the last part of the verse. You should always agree and have concern and love for each other. What's the most important thing for us? Well, when you're in the family of faith, you treat other people in the family of faith with concern and love. Even if you disagree with them on absolutely everything else under the sun. Even if you disagree with absolutely everything else uh, under the sun, all those political decisions, financial decisions, whatever decisions, even if you disagree with all that stuff, you still love them and are concerned for them. This we have to agree on. We have to agree in the body of Christ that, that we are not going to let any obstacle get in our way of loving one another and showing concern for one another. 
Now, now remember, these are people under persecution that Peter is writing to. They're people in difficult days, and they are making very important decisions. Do you suppose they all agreed on every decision that they made in the face of persecution? Absolutely not. But they all are agreeing on what's more important. What's more important than anything else is that we in the family of faith show love and concern for one another above everything else. So, you know, not every decision that we do around here at Christ Church you may agree with, but you know what? We're going to love you and show concern for you, and, and we hope you, you expect you do the same back because that's what we have to agree on. Right? Uh, give you an example around here. But one of the ways that we're going to show uh, love and concern for everybody, and uh, that is uh, coming in May, we're going to have a workshop here for uh, people in job transition. Because we know there's lots of folks out there, especially some of our folks here in the faith, who are struggling in their work life and may have lost their job. And they got to figure out what does God want them to do next? How, how do they get to the next place God wants to be in their work life? So we're going to have a workshop around here for job transition and, and what's the economy look like and, and how can we do that in today's economy, right? Is that showing love and concern? We hope so. We hope that says to our community, hey, we're concerned about the reality of where you are in life. And so we're going to get some people together. We're going to put together an event for you to help figure out where does, what, where does God want you to go next? Because that's what God's people ought to do. And we, we can't just come together and just kind of do church you know, just come together and have love and concern for each other on Sunday morning and, and then go home and say, well, okay, now we did church. I mean, he's talking about love and concern that, that continues all the time. That's why we have to agree on it. We have to just agree. This is what we're about here, that we want to show love and concern no matter what's going on in people's lives, right? He, he follows it up by saying that you should do that. He said you should also be kind and Humble. This is the attitude that we should have with other folks. Always being kind and humble. Don't be hateful. Insult people just because they're hateful and insult you. So don't imitate the people who are outside the kingdom of heaven. Be the person who's inside the kingdom of heaven and control your mouth. Don't insult. Instead, treat everyone with kindness. You see it? What's he want us to do? He wants us to do good by just being a kind, concerned person. When you're out there in the job and somebody's really done something hurtful to you in the, in the office and everything inside of you says, man, I'm going to get even, what do you need to do? You need to submit that to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and say the next time you see him, something nice to him. Don't insult him. Don't be hurtful. You need to submit it to the Lordship of Christ and instead be humble and kind and act in kindness. This is what separates us. Because the world does that other stuff. We don't. This is what separates us. You see, if you're not in Christ yet, this is one of the learnings that says, hey, this is what it is to be in Christ, is, is God can take control of your life in a way that allows you to let go of all that insult stuff, all that get-even stuff, and instead bring you into a place where you can live above it. And you can live a life that's humble and kind and makes a difference in other people. Peter's challenging us and saying, look, if you put your life in submission, like we talked about last week, you're going to live this kind of life, a kind of life that is humble and kind. So do good with kindness. He follows it up in the next section with uh, uh, equally doing good, but uh, understanding that doing good can lead to blessing. So why do we do this? 
Well, because God asks us to, but if we get our lives in sync with where God wants us to go, this doing good allows God to bring blessings into our life. Now, we've got to be careful here. What Peter is not setting up is kind of this, you do this, you get blessing. You do this, you get blessing, right? That every time I do one more good thing, I get one more blessing in our life. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about God having a storehouse of blessing for us. And when we get our lives in sync with where God wants us to go, as that unfolds in life, God is able to bring blessing into our life where God wants to bring blessing. Not where we want, where God wants to bring blessing bring blessing. Here's what he says. You are God's chosen ones and he will bless you. Is that pretty straightforward? Because you're God's chosen ones, he wants to bring blessing into your life. So the scriptures say, do you really love life? Do you want to be happy? Any amens in the room? You love life? You want to be happy? This is real stuff. Now, if you don't know Christ, do you love life and want to be happy? This is for you too, right? Do you love life? You want to be happy? Okay, here's the way it works. Then stop saying cruel things, quit telling lies, give up your evil ways, and do right as you find and follow the road that leads to peace. What's he saying? Put all that stuff under submission to Christ. Put your tongue under submission to Christ. Do you realize how much this mouth gets people in trouble? You've got to put your mouth under submission to to Christ. Don't let that stuff out. Put it under submission to Christ, right? Don't don't be cruel with your mouth. Don't tell lies with your mouth. Put it under submission to Christ. That follows the kindness rule that we just talked about, right? And give up your evil ways. Put it in the submission to Christ. Change your life. Get in a new direction. Notice what he says. When you follow this road, when you follow the road that is following that path that God wants in your life, then blessings become possible in your life. He summarizes this way. The Lord watches over everyone who obeys him, following the road, and he listens to their prayers, but he opposes everyone who does evil. Let me try to illustrate it and and try to get this blessing thing the way that works for you. Okay, you ready? Uh, I have uh, three kids that rolled off the assembly line. And uh, great kids, you know. And as they were growing up, you know, my wife and I looked at them and said, Man, they are wonderful kids. They got gifts. They got talents. They got stuff that they can do for God, right? And so we said, you know what? Uh, we think that, that their gifts are in line for them to do some, some great things for God, like being a teacher in music and being an attorney in the world and, and, uh, and being a pastor in a church. We, we see those as possible things they could do. And if they're going to do those things for God, well, then they got to go through college, right? And so we said, well, all right, if they got to go through college, we got to start sacrificing and setting aside money for college. You know how this works, right? We've got to set aside money for college. So we did that. We sacrificed. We set aside money for college, right? And so there's this big chunk of blessing out there of money for college. Now, wouldn't you agree that when you get to that place, if mom and dad step in and say, hey, we have a big chunk of money to help you in college, this is a blessing? Yeah, that would be a blessing, right? It would have been in my life. I didn't get it. Uh, it would have been, this is a blessing, right? Okay? But now here's the hitch. In order for them to get the blessing, receive the experience of the blessing, what did they have to do? They had to stay in the path, stay on the road, and they had to do well in high school. Right? They had to do well in high school. 
If they got off the path in high school and they, and they didn't do what they needed to do in high school and they started going different directions, they didn't fulfill what they needed to do in high school and got off that path, there'd be this huge chunk of blessing waiting for them for college, but they could never experience it because they got off the path in high school. But as long as they stayed on the path in high school and they went along with their gifts and, their, and the, the talents they had, what God had already embedded in them, and they achieved those things, when they got to that place in their life, in college, there was this huge chunk of blessing waiting for them. See how it works? Same way for us. You see, God knows what we can do. He sees what our lives can become. And, and He encourages us to get on the road that leads to peace, that peaceful experience of following in His way. And as we get on that road, He has in store for us blessings along the way. It's not that we earn the blessings. It's already set aside. That, that chunk of college money was already there before they got to college. They didn't earn it. No, it was already set aside waiting for them. Why? Not because they earned it, but because we love them. They're kids. We love them. And we want blessing in their life. You're God's kids. You're His chosen ones, He says. He wants to bring blessing in your life. He already has in store for you blessings. But those blessings come as you're walking on the road in His purpose. See what it is? They come when you're walking on the road in His purpose. Peter wants us to understand that, that in our difficult days... In our difficult times, it doesn't mean God has withdrawn His blessing. It's just we're not further down the road to experience whatever blessing it is He wants to bring in. And we just need to stay faithful and stay on the road. Stay on the road that leads to peace. Stay on that road that puts your life under Him. Because of that last verse, the Lord watches over everyone who obeys Him. He's watching. He's waiting. He wants to bring blessing in. you just got to keep the movement of staying in His purpose. Does this make sense? This is the way God works for us. We don't earn our blessings. The blessings are already there. They're already set aside, given for us. We just have to get to that place in our life where we can receive them. And doing good is one of those places where we receive it. Okay? So we keep doing good because we know God has blessings in store for us. And because we know God's blessings are in store for us, we can not only do good... But Peter would encourage us saying, do good eagerly. Do good eagerly. Look what he says. Can anyone really harm you for being eager to do goods? To do good? What are we supposed to be? Eager. Right? I want it, I want it, I want it. Right? I'm looking. What's he saying? Look, always look for, be eager for the opportunity of whatever good God allows you to do. I mean, as you're going on this road and he's, he's uncovering blessing in your life, he's also going to uncover the opportunities for you to do good in other people's lives. But you've got to be eager. You've got to be looking for it. You've got to be ready for it. You've got to want to do good in other people's life, even in your difficult days. See, in our difficult days, it's so easy to let the difficulty oppress us, Right? Let that difficulty just press us down and oppress us and and it closes us in and we don't have our antennas out to see the opportunities that God's bringing in our life. Peter wants these Christians to understand that even though they're being persecuted, God is working in their life and God is going to create the opportunities for them to do good in somebody else's life. You just got to be eager for it. You got to look for it. 
do good. Be eager to do good. Even if you have to suffer for doing good things, God will bless you. Doing good isn't always convenient. It's going to cause sacrifice, inconvenience. But you know what? If you're in the path, you're on the road, you do good. You do good. So stop being afraid. Don't worry about what people might do. Honor Christ and let Him be the Lord of your life. If He's the Lord of your life, you just do it. Make sense? If He's the Lord of your life, you just do it. You see, when you, when you come into the Lordship of Jesus, life opens up. And, and all kinds of opportunities start coming into your life. And you just do what's good and consistent with the path that He's got you on. Right? Now, uh, so far we're pretty comfortable, I bet. Right? Here comes the uncomfortable one. You ready? This is especially uncomfortable for we, uh, we Lutherans in the house. And uh, that has to do with not just doing good with our actions, but doing good with our mouths. You remember we already talked about Peter saying, hey, control your mouth. All right? Now he gives us what we ought to use our mouths for. Okay? Doing good with our spoken, uh, with our spoken word. Here's what he says. Always be ready to give an answer when someone asks you about your hope. How often? Always. You see that right away? Always. Hello. Always. All circumstances. Every opportunity. Anything that God opens up. The crack of opportunity for you to be able to get a word in there. Always be ready to tell somebody why Jesus is in your life. Survey after survey after survey tells us this is the thing that people struggle with the most as they follow Christ. It's just being able to share what they know to be true about Jesus in their life. Now, you're going to be happy to know this. Out of love and concern, we're going to solve this problem for you. You okay for that? Out of love and concern at Christ Church, because we know everybody suffers, everybody challenged by this one. Everybody gets in trouble with this one, right? And it's what we're supposed to do. We're going to make sure you know how to do that. You set aside three Monday nights in May, May 2nd, May 9th, and May 16th. You set those aside. You come to Christ Church from 7 to 9, I think it is, and we're going to teach you in those three Monday nights how to share your faith with other people. And we're going to grow you in the faith, and we're going to learn all kinds of great stuff. But when you're done, you're going to be able to answer this verse. You're going to be able to do this verse. When anybody gives you the opportunity, you're going to be able to share with them why Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. Three Monday nights. Can you give me three Monday nights? Do that for me, will you? Uh, And just think. Just get an image for a minute, will you? Just think if all of us in the room today respond to what Peter's asking us to do and show up those three Monday nights, and we are now equipped to tell people about Jesus in a clear way. Can you imagine how awesome that would be for the kingdom of heaven? We can do this, okay? Notice how he says to do it, though, and this is the key. Here's what we're going to teach you. In verse 16, give a kind and respectful answer and keep your conscience clear. Give what kind of answer? Give a kind and respectful. You see, this is the problem we Christians in the faith, this is the problem we get to when we try to give people a witness about our faith. It usually comes out very judgmental. So how come you go to church? And why should I go to church? And the answer comes out of a Christian, well, it could sure straighten out your screwed up life. Because you know, you're doing this wrong, and you're doing that wrong, and you're doing this wrong, and you're doing that wrong. Have we heard that kind of witness before? 
this is where we get in trouble, right? Notice what he says after that. This is the way you'll make people ashamed for saying bad things about your good conduct as a follower of Christ. When we share a bad witness, that's not the way they feel. When we share a bad witness, you know what they do? They walk away saying, jerk. Right? Why would I want to do that? Jerk. Right? Why? Because we don't do it kind and respectful. Right? This is what we got to get. We want to do it kind and respectful. So when they walk away, they say, yeah, I, I want my life more like that. Yeah, I, I want to understand what makes this person the kind of person they are. Yeah, I want more of that in my life. See, that's what we're going to teach you. We're going to give you the equipment to be able to do what First Peter is asking all of us to do. And how often are we supposed to do it? Always. You see that? Always, in every circumstance, right? And he kind of wraps it up saying, you're better off to obey God and suffer for doing right than to suffer for doing wrong. You see, we just got to do good. Keep doing good both in our actions and doing good uh, with our mouths, Right? And why should we do that? He summarizes it in saying, look, what's our motivation? Well, what keeps us doing this? He summarizes by saying, all we have to do is look at what Jesus did. We do good because of the example of Jesus. It's just like Jesus did. He said, Christ died once for our sins. An innocent person died for those who are guilty. Christ did this to bring you to God when his body was put to death and his spirit was made alive. You see, Peter points us in those difficult days to say, look, This is why you live this kind of life. This is why you do good, even in difficult days, because Jesus Christ did everything for you. He went through his difficult days. He went through his challenge, and he had you on his mind. He did everything in order to raise your life up so you can live that life above the difficulty. All we have to do is remember and look at what Jesus did. And that leads us then to that whole different life because Peter wants us to get to that place. He wants us to get beyond the difficult days and and keep doing that good that lifts us up to a different kind of lifestyle. It's a resurrection life. We can do good because Jesus is alive. And he he gives us some, some instances, some kind of experience metaphors here. Of, of showing how Jesus did that and how, by the end, we can do it too, right? And he talks about how Jesus went and preached to the uh, spirits in prison. And then, he, and then he talks about Noah and his family being saved, even in the midst of the destruction of the world, right? So difficult experiences, but they both went and proclaimed victory. And Noah experienced uh, victory as he was saved from the flood. And then he turns to us and he says about baptism. He says, those flood waters were like baptism that now saves you. But baptism is more than just washing your body. It means turning to God with a clear conscience because Jesus Christ was raised from death. Something cool is going to happen this morning uh, in this worship service. You see all the banners behind me here? Six of them there? You know what's going to happen? Six children this morning are going to be given a resurrection life. They're going to be given the opportunity to live a resurrection life. That from this day forward, as they grow, they don't have to wonder what kind of life they can live. 
God has already put a promise on their life that says they can live a resurrection life. And when difficult days come into their life, and when things are really tough, what do they get to say? Wait a minute, I am a baptized chosen one of God, and I know he's got blessing in store for me, and I can rise above this because Jesus Christ is alive. See the difference? I can rise above this because Jesus Christ is alive. He came out of death. He came out of the tomb. And there's nothing this world can do to me that I can't rise above in Christ. See the difference? And I know that's true. How do I know it's true? I know it's true because God put his hand on me in grace on a particular day with water and word and said, your sins are forgiven and you belong to me and you're called to live a resurrection life. If you're baptized, if you're baptized, this is what he allows us to do. He allows us to live every day and say, I'm going to live today a resurrection day. No matter the difficulty, no matter the challenge. Remember all these people that Peter's talking to here, Christians being persecuted. And he says, you can live above it. Because you live a resurrection life that does good in the lives of other people. And it speaks Christ into the lives of of other people. And the final kicker, just to finally make sure we get it, he ends up by saying we can do good because we know Jesus Christ reigns. He says it in verse 22. Christ now is in heaven where he sits at the right side of God. Okay, Christ is in heaven, he's resurrected, and where is he sitting? Right hand, right? Thank you. A little exclamation point there. Right hand. Okay, I know where you're sitting. Okay, I got it. All right, he's at the right hand, if you didn't get that, right? Okay, what's that mean? Hey, you got to get this. Jesus Christ, at this very moment, is ruling the universe. And do you know who's on his mind? You. You are. We are. His chosen. Jesus Christ is ruling the universe. And he's doing it in such a way that we are in his mind and he has blessings in store for us when we live a baptized resurrection life that says, I'm going to do good in people's lives no matter what. I'm going to speak good into people's lives and tell them about Jesus. I'm going to do what God wants me to do and stay on the road of peace and let the blessings he has in store unfold because that's a resurrection life. And Jesus Christ reigns over everything. Can you get through difficult days when you know that? Do you see it? You see, when we know this, when we know Jesus Christ reigns, and when we submit everything in our lives to Him and to His reign and rule, we can live that life that is a resurrection life above the difficulty. Above the difficulty. And when we're above the difficulty... We can speak into other people's lives and act into other people's lives that their lives can be changed. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for just the possibility of knowing that a resurrection life is what you call us to. Even in the most hard and difficult of times, that, that we can still live that kind of life and not give in to the difficulty, but that we can live under the promise that you have blessings in store for us and we just need to stay on that road of peace and, and keep following that road and submitting everything every day to your Lordship. And Lord, we pray that uh, you would just keep us moving on that road 
and that you'd open up the opportunities and we'd be eager to act, eager to do good and, and always ready to speak and to tell other people the incredible goodness of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. So, Lord, we commit this time to you, this word to you. We pray that you would commit it to our minds and to our hearts, that tomorrow morning when we wake up, we're going to say, Jesus reigns. We're going to wake up and say it's a resurrection day. And we're going to speak good. And we're going to do good. And we're going to be kind. And we're going to show other people what it means to have Jesus Christ as Lord. We pray in his precious name. Amen. Thank you.